Podcast City Network. You are listening to The Rip Griffin Show. Make sure to subscribe to the show on all the major podcast platforms. Here's your host, Rip Griffin. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to this Saturday special of The Rip Griffin Show. And I'm excited because my guest was the very first guest on The Rip Griffin Show. That was uh, around episode seven or eight. So coming back to the show, the host of the Astros Baseball Podcast, Rob Fontenot. How you doing, man? Welcome back to the show. Thanks, buddy. It's, it's good to be back. I don't know how long it's been. It's been a it's while. Been. You've been doing this for a while. You know, it, it was, uh, like I mentioned, you were the very first guest. And I was kind of thinking about this earlier, kind of one of those things that reached out to you, see if you would come on the show. We were able to get something together. Kind of similar to what happened today. Reached out to you. Things worked out. We're able to get back and talk on some Astros baseball. So kind of one of those things. It's uh, it's, it's exciting to bring you back on. Like I said, first guest ever. And uh, definitely has has grown since then. And you've been doing some great work as well, covering, uh, talking Astros baseball. I have a lot of great guests on your show as well. So, uh, but let's talk some Astros baseball. You've uh, you've kind of been you know doing some things, talking to uh, you know, Bill Brown and those guys that have been with the Astros for forever. So, what's it like being able to talk to those guys and kind of get their perspective <laughs> on the Astros and 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 you know be able to pick their brain as to you know their their team and whatnot. When you talk to guys like Bill Brown or even when you talk to, you know, Jake Kaplan or anybody that's associated with the Astros or even the guys from the radio, the, the one thing you notice is they know so much more than we do, you know, as yeah. <laughs> as podcasters. They have so much information. But, you know, you talked about talking to Bill Brown. He was he was like I think he was the last guest I had on. And when I get through talking, I'm just amazed. I'm like, I can't believe that I've got to the position where I can talk to someone like that. So it's a lot of fun. I bet. You know, getting to talk to to those guys and to just get their perspective on baseball, that's got to be just truly fascinating within itself because, like you mentioned, they know so much about the game itself. They've been a part of it for so long. And to be able just to pick their mind has been uh, I can't imagine it's probably been very re- refreshing, but um, so let's kind of touch on the Astros because there's a lot of things that haven't been going on right now is in the way of, of course, we have the lockout going on. So there's nothing going on, no free agents, no negotiations. The only thing that's going on right now is the rule five draft because players are starting to uh, that weren't what you would call uh, protected have gone on to different teams. We just uh, heard this week that Ronnie Dawson, um, who made his appearance with the Astros last season, has now been so – basically, the, the Reds took him, and now he, he's gone. So uh, that kind of takes away some of the outfield depth for the, the Sugar and Skeeters going into the next season. But let's talk about Carlos Correa because he's the big name that, that's a big free agent right now that still hasn't signed, didn't wasn't able to sign – before the lockout or the CBA expired. So what are your thoughts on the possibility of the Astros bringing back Carlos Correa and re-signing him? When free agency started, when the end of the year started, 0%. 0%. But the longer it goes, I don't know if you've heard the rumor, but that's late the last few days, the rumor that he has a bad back and it's scaring teams away. 
It's just kind of like the contracts people have been getting. It, it seems more and more like the 10-year, $340 million contract that he wants. I think maybe, my, my guess is that the Astros' like top bid would be seven million. I mean, seven years, about two forty. Okay, and I think that would be the middle meeting point. And the and the longer this goes, I I think Correa, you know, could go down to the seven years because ten years is a lot. And we love Correa. You know, he's the voice of the team. He speaks up for us. You know, after the uh, after the scandal. You know, but the guy has a, you know, a 270 batting average. He does show up in the playoffs. He's the best shortstop. I'll I'll put that out there, you know, in the field. And then, but also, you know, before this season, he had like a 60%, I want to call it attendance, but he only played in like 60% of his games. And this last season, 2021, was the first time that he played the entire season while getting hurt. So, can he continue to do that? Will he get hurt? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not into big contracts. I guess I got Astros mentality on the brain, but I'm not into giving someone a 10, 13-year deal. No, it doesn't. When you look at a lot of these teams that have gone on and done these big-time contracts, they usually don't last. Usually the, the, the team will either... They they struggle to to win. They struggle to bring in other players that will help, you know, the, the team get better. And most of the time, they end up trading these players. Most notably, that comes to mind is Alex Rodriguez when he was traded from the Rangers to the Yankees. And I, I don't like these big contracts either. I think you kind of, if you're a player, bet on yourself. Bet on five, six years, seven, and. And see how you do, because if they don't, the team is more than likely going to front load that contract. And then because your your production is going to decline as you age, obviously, that's just nature. I mean, but, um, you know, like Corey Seager, 10 years, 325 million with the Rangers. That's going to be a lot. No opt outs, nothing like that. I don't see Korea getting anything like that as well. I'm, I'm more on the eight years, 280 million which will put him above uh, or $35 million, which will be above the AAV compared to uh, Francisco Lindor. But um, so let's say if he is to walk, let's say Correa uh, signs somewhere after uh, this whole lockout. Who do you think is going to replace him? Do you think the Astros go internally? Because there was a there was an interview the, earlier this week on Alex Bregman. We don't know if he's actually going to possibly move. But there are some also notable free agents out there, Trevor Story, uh, Andrew Simmons. Who do you like as far as if the Astros were to go out and do a free agent signing? I like Simmons. Okay. Because you replace – because the Astros are so deep. You know, as far as batting, as far as hitting offense, they're so deep. And you could get a Simmons and put him down there at eight. You could bat him seventh. And it's just, I think our future is Jeremy Pena. And I don't know if you were going to bring that up later, but yeah, the guy's the guy's a beast. He's really good. And if you go out and sign Trevor Story or who, or whoever else is out there, you're you're kind of blocking this kid from coming up. Right. So I think it I think it's someone that you can sign. 
I mean, if somebody will sign a one-year deal, but even if you sign a two-year deal, you could have Pena come up this year, get a little taste, and then trade the guy. Not Pena, but the guy you sign. Okay. But I think Simmons is a guy that they could sign for a one-year deal. I, I think that's possible. And and you won't miss a beat in the you know fielding. He's one of the best fielding shortstops out there. Right. That's uh, I mean that that's that's pretty spot on because I think Jeremy Pena is going to be the future at shortstop as well. Didn't get to play much last season because he was hurt, but he's shown a lot of promise, especially especially down there in the Dominican uh, Winter League. So he's been doing very well down there. He's got great range, like you mentioned. The the, the dude's a beast uh, offensively. I got to see him play a little bit there in Sugarland towards the end of the season in October. But I think he's the future as well. Um, you know, Bregman, there's been a lot of talk about Bregman possibly moving to shortstop. Now, he, he was on the Schwabcast just uh, just this week, and he talked about how he's been getting more into shape. They maybe figured out the soft tissue issues with his legs. So he's been training like he's going to be more versatile. Now, he said in, in 2018 and 19, he was a shortstop playing third base. But in 2021, he was just a third baseman. So there's maybe some speculation that he might, the Astros are already kind of predicting that Correa is not going to be here. So, so Bregman could slot into that spot. How do you feel about Bregman moving to shortstop? Do you think he would be a great choice or should he just stay at third base? Because... I've been following the Astros for so long. I'm used to seeing Carlos Correa out there. I'm used to seeing a tall, quick uh, player out there. That's why I can see Simmons coming in. I just see Bregman. If, if you're old enough, you remember Ron Say from the Dodgers. He was called the Penguin. He, I mean, he had like a Bregman-type body. So okay. old folks, anyone old out there, you remember Ron Say back when the Dodgers <laughs> were good. But, I mean, it's just hard to imagine him being a shortstop because I haven't seen it. Right. So that's that kind of makes it hard. But my question for you is who would play third? Would they – Diaz? I mean, who would play third? Yuli Gurriel, is he, can he play third? Well, I think Yuli is playing third. I think that's, that's his traditional position is third base. He's done it before in the past as far as – I want to say it's been more – like a game here, a game there, just to fill in. Uh, Diaz is probably a super utility guy that we have seen this season. Was hurt a little bit, but he might be the guy that I would say would fill into that role. Now, unless we'll kind of talk about this here in just a little bit, as if the Astros were to go off and maybe sign a, a high price free agent that could possibly fill in as well. But Diaz could, could, could definitely do it. I think that's kind of what James Click is wanting to possibly do as far as internally fill the position figure out what to do later like we were talking about with Simmons because that could be a different you know, possibility just a lot of key different scenarios that the Astros could do yeah. to bolster their their lineup and their rotation because like you mentioned it's still going to be a great a great uh, lineup I mean no matter what from one through one through eight um, but third base is going to be key if uh, if Bregman is wanting to to move to shortstop that's what he played in college i've heard he was very very good in college and then he made that transition to third base i think it was in the low minors i think uh, I 
I don't know either. I'll have to go back and check. But uh, hey, but so it, you know the. Uh, let me interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. You know the uh, when they protected the guys from the Rule Five Draft, mm-hmm. and they had, I believe his name's Joe Perez. Yes, is that his name? I mean, he plays second and third. I mean, that yes. guy's on the forty man roster. If he does well, that's some that's some pretty good flexibility there, right? But I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's. The Astros have always been so good as far as development within grooming these guys up and they've become, you know, superstars. You know, yeah. George George Springer, Carlos Correa, you know, Jose Altuve, that his story has been so great because a lot of teams just passed on him and then he was so persistent and the Astros finally offered him a contract. I think it was like ten thousand dollars or something. It was it was something very, very yeah minor and look at him now i mean he's second all time in postseason home runs only behind manny maria uh ramirez so he's developed and he's become a icon and uh in the astros legacy as far as second baseman which is that's a tough one because you got craig Biggio there too yeah so you know you you bring up uh the astros you know they're Within, you know, they have their players from within. And I don't know if you saw this, but I I read a story the other day and it showed the difference in the Cubs and the Astros. You know, how how they both kind of like just ripped it apart and started from the beginning. And they both won the World Series 16 and 17. But if you notice, the Cubs declined. But the Astros have stayed good. And that's what they said. It's because they're developing players. That's the difference in the Cubs and the Astros. So I, I'm pretty confident whoever they bring up. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to sign somebody long-term because I'm pretty confident in the guys we have in right. the minors. You know, one of the other things, too, is the Astros have been so well-versed in the international draft and yeah. signing international players. I mean, that's how they got Yuli Gurriel. That's why a lot of these players want to come to the Astros. It's because of Yuli Gurriel. So that's another key aspect that the Astros have been able to do. And I think that's all stemmed from Jeff Luna. I, I, yeah. I think, you know, when, when Brent Strom uh, left the Astros and he was in an interview, he said a lot of this, this team has Jeff Lunehouse hands on it. You can see it. This is what he built. And this is why the Astros have been so good is doing things that other teams are not doing as far as finding talent. And that's been the great thing that they've been able to do and that they will yep. continue to do with uh, with James Click at the helm now. But Yeah, I think they picked up three new Cuban guys. Mm-hmm. We're going to oh, yeah. be all Cuban someday. Hey, that's okay. That's that's <laughs> what makes baseball great because baseball is such an international sport now. Oh, yeah. And and so we're seeing it, teams doing it day in and day out now. They're building their, 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 their teams through the international draft. And it's a global game now. We're seeing it especially over there in South Korea and um, you know the, the Dominican and Puerto Rico. And that's just great to see because that's just exciting to see how the game, the game of baseball is growing uh, at such a, a exponential rate, which is fantastic. So, But um, one of the other things I kind of want to, to, to touch on is there was an article put out by Jake Kaplan today who covers the Astros uh, for the Athletic. And so... There's been a lot of talk also, too, about what's going to happen with center field. 
Astros center fielder Jake Myers is going to be out for the foreseeable future going into the 2022 season since he hurt his shoulder there in that uh, ALDS against the White Sox. So what do you think the Astros should do? Should they possibly, because in the article it says that uh, they're possibly moving Kyle Tucker over to center field. How do you feel about that? Well, what's wrong with Chaz McCormick and Jose hey. Siri? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, when you when you look at it, especially on paper, that uh, both Chaz McCormick and Jake Myers are virtually the same player. Just, yeah. I mean, I don't understand the whole concept of wanting to move Tucker to center. It, it doesn't make did, sense. Did anyone sign Marte yet? He's he's always in the talks with the Astros. He was they were talking about him last year. Yeah, he was actually signed by the Mets right there before uh, the lockout. I'd, ha- so. I'd be interested in reading that article because, I mean, they said he would be out at the beginning of the year, but you have Siri, you have McCormick. I, I don't, I don't understand. Unless you want to sign a big name, there's no reason because neither one of those guys are a huge, if downgrade is a word, from Myers. I think right. Myers is the best overall. Oh yes, yeah. But I, I think I think Chas McCormick has the he's, in my opinion, earned the opportunity to play every day. Yeah, at center field. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I didn't even I didn't even know that was a possibility. I didn't even think anything of it. I mean, uh, T- Tucker can, can play. We saw him uh, played in the World Series, but his natural position is right field, and you've got Chas McCormick that can step in. You've got Jose Siri who's who's flashy beyond flash. That guy can can cover some ground pretty quick. Uh, can definitely do a lot of things in the outfield. He, he's uh, definitely probably needs to develop a little bit more, in my opinion. But he's also a, a guy that can that can fill in to give McCormick a day off. But um, I mean, you've got also too. You've got you know who's going to play the corners then? Yeah. If you, if you move Tucker to to center, you've got Michael Brantley and Jordan Alvarez as well. You could tell in the World Series. I was going to get to that too when you're bringing this up, but Alvarez was a liability when we yeah. were in the National League Park. That's my opinion. If people don't agree with it, that's fine. But you, to me, watching the game, so I mean that that could be an option, but I don't think so. I mean, I don't know who I was talking to, but they said his future's first base. Yeah, I really think so. Um, because I think he was, when he was with the Dodgers, I think they were working him at first yeah. base at some point. Um, but yeah, it would make sense for him as far as health-wise, his longevity. You know, there's always that issue. It always scares me. When he rounds second to go for, to try to stretch a double into a triple, it scares <laughs> me. It really does. Yeah, it it was amazing how he did, though. Yeah. He, he made some incredible slides. Some He was running around the bases, so his knees are good, but he just... I don't know. Maybe he just needs more seasoning in the outfield. You know, he was he was taking the wrong angles at balls, and right, he was definitely a liability. Definitely not Michael Brantley. You know, you don't expect him to be that good, but right. And there are some, especially in those National League parks. I the outfield is it was so especially at in Atlanta. The outfield, especially left field, was so big, and having him cover that much ground and especially when there's not a whole lot of room between the foul pole, the foul line, and the wall there in left field. I think there was a couple of times where he crashed into the wall. Definitely scary to see that, especially with him such being uh, such a big guy. But um, 
but yeah, I mean, who would cover the corners? Tucker to center field really doesn't make sense for me. Um, you know, it's great article by Jake Kaplan, but yeah, because uh, the kind of way he sets that up is if that were to happen, say Tucker moves to to center field, and um, yeah. Uh, Alpha Ron uh, is watching the show right now. It says Alvarez moves good for a big guy. Yes, yes, he does. So, uh, yep, he does. Good call. But, but, um, but yeah, the possibility of an Astros making a big splash in free agency. And this is kind of where I wanted to talk about, you know, that whole situation with Bregman moving to shortstop. You know, do the Astros go out and try to make a big splash? Maybe sign a, a Chris Bryant or a. If you find that would move Tucker to center field, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, but I mean, no disrespect to to Chris Bryant, but he's one of those guys that uh, he's a he's a great athlete. No, don't get me wrong, but he can he can play third too, though, right? Yeah, but he's also a guy that can play the outfield. He can play first base. Um, There's also uh, Nick Castellanos. That could be something that if Tucker were to move to center, that the Astros would sign Castellanos. Now, this is all hypothetical. This isn't, no, not for sure. But uh, yeah. he could put that corner outfield position as well. So yeah. it's a lot of things that's very interesting. Uh, the Astros have a lot of things that they could do to progress. What do you What do you think about the signing of Hector Neris? With, in the bullpen? I think it's good. I like it. I mean, we lost great. We lost Graveman, who was what a ninety-one ERA with Seattle, and and he just didn't look invincible with the Astros. You know, he even some innings when he didn't give up runs, he had stressful innings. He had guys on base, and I I heard this guy has a uh, like a problem walking batters, right? But he strikes out like thirty-two percent. Of the batters he faces, he was fifth in Major League Baseball. This is all off the top of my head because I covered it on my show. He's like he was fifth in Major League Baseball in appearances. He's the yeah. all-time saves leader, or he's the he's got a record with the. Uh, I, I think he innings pitched, or so, he's got some kind of record that's with the Phillies now. I can't remember. I'm bragging about remembering things, <laughs> but I mean he's a he's a guy that is going to be there. He's a solid eight-year veteran. He's got like a 3.5 career ERA in the bullpen. And I think it's good. I, I like it. I like it a lot. I had the opportunity to talk to a couple of Phillies fans uh, just uh, this past week. And they're actually, they're they're sad that he's gone now. Because yeah. even though a lot of the Phillies fans, they were very, you know, hey, you can go. See you later. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. But, as far as he was in the bullpen, and like you mentioned, he was the the top saves leader within the Phillies organization for however long he was there. I think seven, maybe ten years. So he's been there for he was been with the Phillies as uh, throughout his entire career, and now and now he's coming to the Astros. I think you know we've got a couple of new pitching coaches that are going to step up now that Brent Strom is now gone. That will be able to mold him and I think they can harness a lot of great things, cut down on the walks, increase the strikeouts, uh, 
do some things mechanically that will make him a a, a top cl- uh, relief pitcher. Now he won't be a closer or anything like that because you still got uh, you know, Ryan Presley there, uh, Phil Maton. Man, you know what? I was impressed with Phil Maton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that that dude, he he is all business and. Watching him in the World Series was, gosh, that yeah, that was fun to watch because he just somebody, somebody had put like a meme or something online on social media, and it was two pictures of him, the same picture, <laughs> and it's like here's Mayton giving up a grand slam or something, and here's Mayton striking out the side like it is emotionless. Yeah, that's... even even killed. I I like him a lot. I, I do too. The, the guy's got good breaking ball stuff. I've it's watching him pitch was, you know, I, I became a Phil Maton stand during the World Series because he even during the, that Red Sox series as well. And just watching him pitch was, oh gosh, it was so exciting to watch him pitch. Uh, I'm glad the Astros have him for at least the foreseeable future. I, I think he's only maybe he's in arbitration, so they've got him maybe for another two, maybe three more years. So. That's going to be fun to watch as well. Um, and then Justin Verlander, hopefully Justin Verlander will return because oh, we don't. <laughs> what do you what do you think about that? What were your thoughts on getting Verlander re-signed, but yet nothing happened? Yeah, that that's one thing I asked Bill Brown. Like me, I'm telling everybody, yeah, we got Verlander. We already got him, but we don't have him yet. No. They, they ha- they, he hasn't even taken a physical yet. He hasn't signed a contract yet. So he's he's not with us yet, but let's say they do get him. I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, as much as we love, because last year we we had too many starting pitchers, which is now we have even more. You know, because I think Christian Javier should be a starter, right? But there's no room for him now. And then you add Justin Verlander, and now you lose another guy to the bullpen, which I don't know who it would be. I mean, off the top of my head, because you have Verlander, then you have McCullers, Luis Garcia, number three, Urquidy. Who am I missing? Uh, Framber, Framber Valdez. Framber. Yeah. I think Framber will be your number three. Yeah, um, yeah going back to Phil Maton for a second here. Yeah, Alfred writes in, uh, Maton's spin reminds me of Colin McHugh with the little Did more Colin velocity. McHugh sign with anybody yet? No. Let's get him back. I agree. I think we need to. Thanks for that comment. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Colin McHugh. That's another guy that needs to come back to Houston. Do you know the, what do you think about them losing Brooks Raley and Yimmy Garcia? You know, I really think that other than the current bullpen now, who's, who's there that's lefty? Blake Taylor. So Blake Taylor. So, I really think that the Astros need to they need to be more diverse in the bullpen, you know, righty lefty matchups and splits and whatnot. I really think losing Rayleigh is going to if they are unable to sign another lefty, I, I think we're gonna see the effects of it. Because having an all righty bullpen, or maybe you know, Blake Taylor's great. I think he still needs more development. But you got a guy yeah. that works ready that came in, was lights out during the postseason. Now he goes to the to the Rays and a potential division, uh, not division, but a AL rival because Tampa Bay's become so good. And 
you know the Astros and and, and Rays uh, have met before in the postseason. So I really think we're going to see if if Click can sign another lefty that come out of the bullpen that could pitch like Rayleigh. Then you know the bullpen is going to be solid. But uh, I I just hope there's no long lasting effects with him leaving now. So yeah, let's get the Snapdragons back together. Call him a Q. Exactly. I I know he loves <laughs> the city of Houston. I I know he he loves the, the fan base loves him. You know he's he's always very vocal on social media. You know he he tried to come back last year or the year before, whenever it was. But definitely need to get him back in an Astros uniform. Would definitely be be fun to watch. And then you know forget Verlander. So let me ask you this real quick. We talked about trades a little while ago. So say Christian Javier slots back in that starting rotation and has a lights-out season. Do you think the Astros use him as uh, as a trade piece to maybe kind of bolster the the lineup a little bit? If no, okay, I don't think so. I don't. I don't. If you have a, especially like this guy, it's probably what it's going to be his third full year, right? I mean, you know, if if you if any of y'all like go to whatever website you have to do to look at the the Astros roster and you see all the awesome players we have that make 550,000 a year. It's surprising. I mean, Kyle Tucker, I I can't list the list, but it's almost all of them. Like almost all of the pitchers except McCullers, they're all making minimum. Almost the whole bullpen makes minimum. Alvarez makes minimum. Tucker makes minimum. McCormick. Like it's a lot of people that don't make a lot of money. So if you have someone that can be in your roster, I mean your rotation, and they're making five, you know, they're making minimum wage, keep them. Right. My concern is when what when like Tucker and Alvarez become free agents. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna garner big time contracts. We're gonna, they're gonna be the new uh, Correa and Springer mm-hmm. in the future. Oh, I agree. Tucker's got that. Well, I want to say he's already there. I, he's a 30 home run guy who I think he hit 294 or something like that this season. So he's definitely one of those yeah. uh, has the potential to be a gold glove finalist and, and win a gold glove in right field. And then of course you got uh, Jordan Alvarez, which I think honestly, what I think will probably happen is we're going to see Alvarez probably become more of a, uh, go back to that designated hitter role yeah. that we saw in 2019. I think that's where I think that's where lies the problem for 2021 was he was playing the field more and just wasn't he he still performed and he still did it at a at a, a great rate but I think playing the field too much kind of hindered him especially in the postseason. That's just my my take. I, I think he yeah. needs to go back to that that DH position. Yeah, I mean and, you you. We still have Michael Brantley, and we had to rest him last year. So right. Alvarez is definitely going to have to play some outfield this year and probably mostly at home or maybe yes. when we go on the road against the NL team. But I don't know how much they're going to work on him to play first, but someone told me that's his future. It makes sense. It really does because even though he's a big dude, but – I think hey, second team all MLB him and Tucker. I don't know if you ever talked about that on your podcast. Oh no, no, wow, second I, team all MLB. 
Wow. Both of them. That's see, they'll be they'll be first team all in MLB. <laughs> yeah, uh, but a lot of things that Astros need to do to I think still need to get better. You know, going to the World Series is great, but parades are cooler. Yeah, we love we love parades. And the thing uh, about the Astros is they're with Naris, their forty man rosters at forty. Yeah. And, and they signed Verlander. Now they got to get rid of somebody. They sign any other free agents to add to the bullpen. They got to get rid of somebody else. Right. And most, I, I think, I mean, it's a very high percentage of the 40 man rosters pitchers. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, so I can see a trade coming. I think that's, that's another possibility. They're going to have to trade somebody because somebody's, Within either Sugarland or or Corpus, they're landlocked. Especially if you got uh, guys like like Bregman and Altuve that are going to be there for the foreseeable future. Somebody's going to have to be traded somewhere. I mean, yeah. we saw the, on, the only opening the Astro has is the shortstop. Yeah, shortstop in the bullpen. That's it. There's no more openings. Yeah, maybe third base if Bregman moves over. That is true. That's it. There's no openings. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> So, but the Astros, they continue to build upon and they'll be successful come uh, in 2022. So, uh, let me ask you this to kind of wrap up the show real quick here. Now, we are in a lockout, right? Oh, yeah. Wow. So, uh, uh, Brian James just wrote in uh, Jim Crane should sign Jose Ramirez and maybe Trevor Story. Now, Jose Ramirez is a name that I've, I've heard being, been thrown out a lot. Yeah. To possibly. It just depends. I mean, if they'll sign two year deals, that those are good picks. Yeah, I think I think the Astros are more likely to sign Story than they would Correa. They'll get him for a cheaper price, under under thirty million a year, and they yeah. could probably sign him for that five or six years that they want. There you go, because that's that's what they that's what they do five five year contracts maybe six, and they can get him for a cheaper amount. So definitely still has the same type of range like Correa, but. The offense. It's a matter. You got the short porch there, and at uh, with the Crawford boxes, which will kind of play into his strength a little bit. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, when this lockout happens. So, let me ask you this real quick: When do you think the lockout's going to happen? This is like a prediction. When do you think it's we're going to see some some free agents and some baseball? I believe after New Year's. Okay. Sometime in January, it'll be over. Okay. It could, that that is also a question I asked Bill Brown, not to keep name dropping. Hey, it's but, okay. But hey. he was saying if it gets the further it gets in January, the more that it affects spring training. Right. And the more it affects spring training, it's going to start affecting the fans. And he said when there's a lockout and it goes too long and it interferes with baseball, you know, you have fans, you got millionaires and billionaires fighting over money, and we as fans just want baseball. And they're going to start getting mad and saying, I'm not going to watch now. I won't ever say that, but. Right. But the legendary Bill Brown, that's his answer. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm I'm good at what you're doing. Here, here's a question for you. I'm not as good as, a, I'm not as good at answering them, if you guys can tell by listening to this. <laughs> You know, uh, I'm trying though. Hey, no, you're doing great, and I, I, <laughs> I appreciate your 
um, your, your honesty and your insight as well, because, you know, we got to come up with something to, to talk about during this, this no baseball movement. And it, it makes us kind of store crazy, you know, uh, use the hands a little bit, just so crazy. but, um, I think personally, I, I, I see January, January 1st, Ooh. you know, yes. I, I think let's get, let, let's, let's start the new year off on the right foot. Let's, let's get this deal done. It gives the players time to kind of ramp up their, their uh, off-season workouts now. I mean, they're already, you know, doing that, but it gives them a time to be able to work out with coaches and, and strength and conditioning. And then you've got February coming around. You know, pitchers and catchers report the first first week of February. You fall right in line, and then boom, your season's going. Yeah. You know another cool thing I saw? Another cool thing I saw? I haven't done a podcast all week, so I got lots of stuff to talk about. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> but, but what I saw today, Hank Conger. Did you see that? He got hired by the <laughs> Twins. <laughs> Former Astro. Yeah. Former Astro. Isn't it amazing how we just love these guys forever? It is. And unless unless they go to the Yankees, then I hate them. Oh. Yeah, I, I always remember something that Ken Griffey Jr. said, that if the Yankees were the last team to offer yeah. him a contract, he, he would retire. Yeah, that's real cool. I'm happy for Conger. Yeah. He's the first base coach and the catcher's coach. That's what he's going to be doing. I didn't, realize, I didn't realize he's been that far removed from baseball because I think he was just – was it 2015 when, yeah, because the Astros went to the postseason in 15. They missed it in 16. So I think that was the last time he was he was on the team. And there was that video of him, you know, Lancer Colors Jr. kind of winding him up and him doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the robot or whatever. I <laughs> love that guy. He was awesome. Yeah, he really was. And it's crazy. He wasn't the greatest him. player ever, but he, as a fan favorite, everybody loved him. Absolutely. Mr. Personality there. But, uh, you know, it's good for him to to get back into uh, coaching with the Twins. I didn't realize he kind of been uh, coaching at various teams. Um, I can't remember where I read he was. I don't know if he was. These guys go everywhere. Mm -hmm. They go to the Caribbean, Mexico, Japan, and all this, you know, KBO. You never know where they're at, but they're all coaching, trying to get back. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. We were talking about Correa earlier, but where do you think he's going to go? He don't go to the Astros. Well, so the Rangers are out. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because uh, they got, you know, Corey Seager and Marcus Cinnamon, uh, Simeon, um, <laughs> Cinnamon, Cinnamon. But, um, and, then and they the got Tigers. Cole Calhoun and Gray. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I made fun of the Rangers earlier this year saying, because they re they uh, extended their coach's contract, their manager. I always call him coach on accident, and um and I was like, okay, I guess they're just extending this guy because he's the lame duck. He's the lame duck guy. I yeah. I believe the Dodgers as well because they yes. they lost Corey Seager and they like to spend money. So I agree with you, Brian. Uh, but yeah, I got lost because I'm reading Brian's. No, you're fine. So, um, there. but. Uh... You know, the Tigers signed Javi Baez. Now, I, I heard something. I was talking to some people this week as well that the Tigers could be a possibility to, you know, because Javi Baez, he could play wherever. Yeah. That the Tigers can still go out and do the same thing that the Rangers did. Go get another high high price, high profile free agent. Yeah. Bring Correa 
You got Correa at at, at short, and then you've got Baez at second. What'd you think about Correa and AJ Hinch having brunch? Did you think it was a done deal, Detroit? Uh, I'm you, you know what you know. There was a lot of talk about, hey, come to Detroit. We're building something special. I wouldn't mind. I don't. I don't want. I don't want Correa to go to some team that I don't like. Yeah, exactly. I don't want him to go. I don't know. Would you like him to stay in the AL West? Would you prefer him to go to the National League? Where would you like to see him go? Um, I mean, it would be make more sense for him to go to the National League because we wouldn't have to face him. Because only during the World Series, that would be the only time. But uh, you know, going to the Tigers, going to a team that is up and coming. Now, the Tigers are a great team. You know, they they showed it th- this season. Yeah. Um, you know, I would. I would hate for I don't want him to go to a rival. I don't want him to go to the Yankees. I think I think the Yankees, even though as much as they talk negative about the Astros and whatnot, they say that they would be more uh, receptive of him coming in, but I don't think they will. They will. Uh, well, yeah, uh, but everybody you saw how- everybody instantly forgives all these players when they change uniforms. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what makes it that's what makes it frustrating. Uh, but yeah, I agree with Brian as well. The Dodgers are, are definitely a possibility for him to land because they they lost uh, Seager. There's a possibility that um, they might lose Kershaw as well. So they're going to need somebody that's going to be a high price commodity that could put more fans in the stands because you know some of their key pieces are leaving. So yeah, I uh, saw a rumor about Kershaw to the Astros. Oh, but, really? But no. I mean, we have too many pitchers for that. Yeah, yeah. I'd uh, say Dodgers, dude. I'd, I'd almost bet money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking. We'll, we'll, uh, see, we'll see about this bad back that he supposedly has, though. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, Alfred writes in. Cray is being greedy. I don't think anyone is going to give him what he's after. He's a six or seven hole hitter, in my opinion. Yeah, he is. I mean, that's um, depends on who he plays for. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Astros, he's a six or seven hole hitter until the playoffs. Then you move him up to four, which he sh- which that should have been done. They waited too three. long. Yeah, after Game Three of the World Series, he should have been bumped up to the three hole. Bregman should have been moved down. But you know what? It's yeah. I don't know why they don't do it. I mean, why not? Out of respect, yeah. forget respect. Let's win. I mean, you you had Altuve and Bregman batting first and third and. One of them was hitting a hundred, and the other one was hitting a hundred. I mean, they weren't helping at all. Move them down. Exactly. I mean that that type of situation would would happen in the regular season if a player is struggling, is pressing, doing whatever. Yeah, bump them down. It takes pressure off of them. Yeah, let them get when, their swag back. When you 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 could have somebody. This is a, an, another thing that I've brought up before. This is probably from the fifteen sixteen era. There was a time when Jake Marisnik was our nine hitter mm-hmm. and he was killing it. I mean, he was doing so good. And then they moved him up in the order and he tanked. You know, it's the it's that pressure of batting up. I, I think personally that there's right. pressure being up there and there's less pressure being at the bottom. So I think it would help them to get moved down. Whoa. Hello. I think yeah. I think I think it would help them to get moved down, but what do I know? 
I, I, I don't know either. I mean, it's my opinion. I ha- I'm allowed to have one. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it's, you know, we'll sit here and we'll, we'll scrutinize the, the lineup and whatnot. And, and this picture was left in too long, or this picture was taken out too soon. And, you know, why is he not batting third? Why is he batting, you know, ninth? But, but yeah. Uh, yeah, we kind of touched on this, but uh, uh, Alex Bregman, yeah. Brian Redson should move to shortstop. Alex Bregman. Oh, should have walked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that one. You know, I I need to up up my uh, my bobblehead collection, you know. Very nice. Very nice. Uh-oh. I'm up. I'm I'm up for a trade. See, I don't I don't have any to to trade. Honestly. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's all good. I, mean, I mean, I got one for my for that my wife and the kids got me for my birthday. But uh, so that's Alex it. Bregman moves to shortstop. Who's going to play third? That was your comment down there. Yeah. You do can play third. Taylor Jones can play third. Ah. Taylor yeah. Jones can play third, and he would be the tallest person in Major League history to ever play third base. And, and I love the guy. He's all, dude, the guy was hitting uh, – he was hitting like 333 that third time he came up last year. Mm-hmm. And he went down for COVID protocol, and that's when they called all the other guys up. Taylor Jones is good. And if you if I had to predict someone that would get traded, it would be him because I I he's going to go somewhere and tear it up. I'm telling you, not just because you know I know I'm kind of good, but he can play third. He plays third. Yeah. He plays third in minor leagues. Yeah, and There's first an option, he, he can be a first baseman too. If yeah. uh, you know the Astros and and Yuli Gurriel, uh, which I mean he still plays first base at, at such a uh, All star level already, but he, he yeah. might be able to play third too. So he, hopefully Taylor Jones makes the roster this year. He kind of got that COVID missed him up. That was yeah. I, I, that made me I, that upset me. Yeah, I really like the guy. He's really cool. Yeah, definitely a lot of great things when he he kind of got a little bit more acclimated to being called up and being with the with the the big league club. Um, you know, one guy that. He's no longer with the team, but I I don't know if I, I shared this story with you or not. But remember Robel Garcia? Yeah. So I saw him hit a walk off against the Angels there at Minute Maid Park, and then I saw him hit a grand slam at Sugarland. <laughs> so I mean, you know. And now he's gone. And now he's gone. <laughs> uh, let's see. So Alfred writes in: Did Korea have uh, a surgery on something? Not to mention the back. The, not to mention the back issue also. No, he hasn't had surgery, but a lot of teams are hesitant to sign him that to that big contract because of his back injuries that he's had in the past that has kind of kept him uh, on the IL. So that's why he probably hasn't signed yet. I think one of the things I, I did hear was that if a team is willing to offer him a big-time contract, that he would open up his medical records and let everybody take a look at it. So, well... We'll see, we'll see what happens. You know, it's the Astros are definitely a team that are in the mix to, to re-sign him. It's the years and the money, obviously. So, but uh, when we get when we don't have a lockout, we, we'll find out more. So, yeah. But uh, but Rob, that's about all I got for you, man. I appreciate you coming back on. Like I, like I mentioned in the open, if you're just now joining us, that Rob was the very first guest on the Rip Griffin Show, and. I am happy that he was able to come on that time. Happy that he was able to come on this time and talk some more Astros baseball for y'all. So, 
But uh, Rob, tell everybody where they can find you, the podcast, and all that good stuff. You can find me. Uh-oh, I seem to have lost him. I lost Rob. He must have accidentally hit the exit button. So, so, uh, but anyways, we'll kind of just keep going real quick here. Rev Ryan, uh, Korea, seven years. That's a possibility. I think it would be eight years, 280 million is where, uh, have we got Rob back here? Yeah. So I was just touching on Brian's comment real quick about the Astros resigned Korea for seven years. So, but, uh, lost you there, buddy, but I'm glad you're back. <laughs> I know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> what was the question? Oh, my, everywhere. Just, all you got to do is know my name. You can find me anywhere. <laughs> Facebook, oh. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. TikTok. Hey, you want to hear? You want to hear a funny TikTok story? Sure. I made it. My daughter recorded me suplexing my grandson, <laughs> and I put it on TikTok. Two million views. Wow. Two million. I, keep, I keep seeing these videos, on, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not a part of TikTok, so I don't, I don't have anything. But don't, don't get on it. It's hard to get off. You'll kill time. <laughs> I used to make fun of people for looking at TikTok, but it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> I'm thinking about having an Astros baseball TikTok channel. Interesting. I want to do what you do here, this video stuff. But I think you can I, do I, I don't have a computer, so I don't know. I think you can do this on TikTok. I'm going to research that after the show. So, but uh, I I can mention, thank you, Rob, for coming on. I appreciate you. The first guest on the Rip Griffin show back again, talking more Astros baseball. It's been a blast. Definitely do this more. And uh, so that's going to do it for this episode. Guys, remember you can follow the show on Twitter at Rip Griffin show. And then you can, Hey, if you ever have any questions, voicemails, we have a lot, we have a lockout going on. You have baseball questions, call into the show. That number is 210-263-3253. If you ever want to be a guest, talk baseball, head on over to the ripgriffinshow.com. Click on Be a Guest and fill out the questionnaire. Fill out the the uh, the form. We can get you to be a guest. Talk baseball. Love talking baseball anybody. So that's it for this episode. Take care, guys. <laughs>